0: This is Dave Lyle, a.k.a. The Mad Scientist, and you're listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast.
1: What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. I hope everyone had a great week. And we're back at it with another installation of the M-W Tactical podcast. Just like always, sitting across from me is my main man, the math scientist himself, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's going on, Mike? I'm actually sitting across from you this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and actually, if you can hear the background, we're at one of the spots we normally go to after we shoot a match here in Lugolf, South Carolina. It's actually in Sandhills Mall in Columbia, South Carolina, but it's called El Hemador. Um, So it's a nice little Mexican restaurant that we like to come to and spend some time, talk about the match, and enjoy the food as well. But this weekend was a back-to-back doubleheader because Saturday there was a match at Pine Tucky in Augusta, Georgia. Yep. And then Father's Day there was a match at Lugolf, which is Sand Hill Shooting Sports. So I didn't get to shoot the match at Pine Tucky on Saturday. Um, Had a situation that came up, and I don't feel like – i was in the right mindset to shoot and even going into the match on father's day there was a lot of stuff still playing on my mind but i also induced some further stuff within myself when it (laughs) came to shooting (laughs) well so you missed a
0: good match at pine tucky it was weather was great uh stages were fun Uh, we had a good time
1: yeah so looking at the video that you posted it looked like there was a couple stages that we probably shot there at Pine Tucky like last year sometime because some of the stages did look familiar to me.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, one of them in particular did look familiar to me too. It was one with the um, uh, array of paper targets on the left and right and a series of steel poppers down, you know, the middle of the, of the bay there. But I think it was a little bit different, um, but it was similar. But there was a stage there that um, was quite challenging uh, of a memory stage with all these little ah. triangular ports <laughs> in the walls you had to yeah. shoot through and low ports and high ports and angled ports and sideways ports. <laughs> and it Man, was, um,
1: that was That's not um, something
0: you normally see.
1: <clears throat> that stage like there with the memory stage that was at Pine Tucky, That looked like one of the stages that I shot maybe last summer there at Pine Tucky. But when I walked the stages at that time, it took me about 20 minutes to figure it out. And I figured it out, and I think I ran it pretty comfortable at that time frame. But it wasn't like it was something I held on to and said, okay, they're going to use the stage again. But I wish I would have been there because... The new norm that I'm seeing that everybody is doing across the board is the memory stages. So it's like every Gosh. club you go to, is they're trying to outdo the next club with doing a memory stage.
0: I hope that doesn't become the normal thing, man. It's going to be <laughs> all right with me if I don't ever see one of those. <laughs> I
1: don't know. It's one of those things where I look at it as it's a challenge and a feat because everything else is very technical as far as your movements. Get in, get out of a position, slow down on the trigger, speed up on the trigger. Um, transition between targets, but a memory stage kind of throws in the mix of everything that really slows you down and have you second guessing yourself. Yeah,
0: it definitely adds some a different aspect to the stage, and it def- it does make it more challenging. It's almost where we try so hard to to make all of our skills subconscious so we don't have to think about it but this one you almost have to have conscious thought while you're shooting the stage to make sure you know you're picking up the right targets and i don't know it's tough it was definitely challenging
1: so i wish i would have been there to experience it because There was a memory stage that was taking place at the South Carolina State match, but unfortunately I didn't get to make it to the memory stage. And I sat there for 45 minutes and had it down. I knew I had it down. (laughs) But uh, we ended up doing a match after that, and it was like a little memory stage with that. So the next match I did after the state match was Mid-Carolina. And they had somewhat of a memory stage, but it was a little fun. Stage there. Which, which one was that? This mem- was, um, stage. well, it really wasn't my stage, but it was almost online with the memory. Oh, stage. yeah, the one. You know what I'm saying? The one that I designed. But I'm starting to come to like the memory stages. Last year, when we went to Charleston, there was a memory stage there, and I look like a new shooter off of that <laughs> memory stage, literally. <laughs> but um, I've come to like memory stages right now.
0: Well, they're a different challenge. Um, Apparently, some people like them, weirdos like you. (laughs) I don't know. know. They do present a different challenge.
1: Yeah, so how many stages was that Pine Tucky on Uh, Saturday?
0: Five stages. They do uh, four field courses and a classifier for a total of five stages.
1: Okay. So now, fast forward to Father's Day. And happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers that are out there. Yes, yeah, well, happy Father's Day. Yeah, well, happy belated Father's Day to you too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at Sandhill, there was five stages. What was it six? Um, well, six. I guess technically I had yeah because they had two classifiers yep. in one bay. So this was. A pretty fun day in a roundabout way and the only reason I say this is for whatever reason I've been feeling constipated for the past week <laughs> and I'm just gonna throw it out there okay and I'm more like hey, I need to get this up out of me so Saturday afternoon late afternoon I ended up taking two laxatives. Oh, boy. We are at lunch here. (laughs) And then a couple hours later, I ended up popping a third one. Well, That sounds like trouble. Oh, man. About 4 o'clock in the morning, I got woken up, and I had to go visit the office. (laughs) So I stayed in the office for a little bit. And this was going on for a couple hours until my alarm went off at 6 o'clock. So I went ahead... Forced myself to get up, you know, do my hygiene, get ready for the match. Now we're at the match. As soon as I pull up, I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. Maybe about 30 minutes of me walking around, I'm like, I'm not so good. No, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so good. So I just felt like I was dehydrated. I, I really didn't have full concentration. And I felt like I shot good today unless the stages had steel on them every stage that has steel on them i had some form of an issue and let's not talk about the no shoots because i hit (laughs) possibly one no shoot on every stage that had a no shoot except for stage one you know but overall the match today at um sandhill was very fun not too was technical fun, yeah. but it was very fun so what was your overall take on the stages
0: uh, i i enjoyed it they um they're coming a long way with their stage design and uh you know sticking to the USPSA rules they had a little trouble at that early on but you know they were they were new to USPSA so they were still learning everything they've got some certified ROs now and they've got you know a good idea of, of of the stage designs everything was you know 100% USPSA legal it looked good the stages were fun i enjoyed it we had some crazy swinger -swinger (laughs) multi-swinger deals out there i don't even know what that is but it was fun with it really just a swinging target with a no-shoot swinging target in front of it so they were alternating across each other and you had to shoot that through a port i thought that was really interesting something you don't see too often
1: i think the twist of it was when originally when i walked down to do a stage walk i was like okay this is going to be interesting then they turned around and put two no-shoots outside of the port, and I was like, oh, this is going to make this very interesting. So actually looking at it, you know, I wanted to see how other people ran it, but just looking at the people who ran it on our squad, there wasn't too much experience on the squad, but just looking at how people think and how they actually gathered their thoughts to make it happen, it was very interesting in a sense
0: yeah you had a couple different options for um activating or a couple different positions anyway for activating it Mm -hmm. um and luckily i was you know down the toward the bottom of the shooting order so i got to see some different activations and figure out you know what i was going to do when it was my turn to shoot um my my plan worked out okay i did have to wait It, it seems like you know an hour when you're standing there in a stage but it was probably only like a second or so i had to wait for you know the no shoot to clear out of the way right. <clears throat> but i got two alphas on it
1: well i ended up getting two alphas on it but i ended up taking three shots and one of those shots of course hit the no shoot <laughs> i saw it i was <laughs> roing you on
0: that stage and you had two good hits on it and then Man. i wanted you to stop i saw you aiming for a third one and i was hoping you wouldn't pull the trigger
1: <laughs> well that was the thing because the way the The swinger was swinging and then it had the no shooter in front of it doing a counter swing. It was messing with me, so I couldn't tell if I hit it or if I didn't hit it. You know, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to put three shots on it and just see. And then the last shot was the no Uh, shoot because i was my aiming point was on the downward version of the swing so when it went down and came back up that's when i was doing the shots when the swinger the no shoot swinger was on the opposite side and right before it paired up i was like i I could squeeze it shot it i was like i'm good oh man i'm (laughs) not good
0: (laughs) that is that's Um, a challenging uh target i I like it that's fun so, I like the challenging stuff that you don't have to
1: memorize, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, that was a pretty fun stage. The challenge of the swinger. I wanted to see how it approached everybody else who we shoot with regularly. Just to hear the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that
0: would like. be interesting. Because there, there were some different options with it. Yeah. Um, several, actually. Different ways you could do it. You could let it slow down or, you know, or not. Um.
1: Um, yeah, no, Actually, I'm, what I'd I like did. I'd like to hear more about it. I shot the steel, you know, like, because you could start anywhere outside the shooting area. And the shooting area was approximately about 30 feet from corner to corner if you was to make it symmetrical. But it had, like, the, um, the octagon shape coming around the back end. So I started on the left side, outside the fault line, stepped in, shot the one target to the left that was on the perimeter, came back to that port, shot the two, shot the still, stepped forward, shot the target behind the barrel that was covered by a no-shoot, but I didn't hit that no-shoot.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Ran
1: all the way back around to the right-hand side of the stage and engaged all the targets that were um, presented themselves. And then I came back to the middle to shoot that swinger we was talking about but when I did that, I was like, I think I made a mistake because it was slowing down, but I noticed it was swinging in sync. But then, like I said, that third swing they kind of went out of sync, I was like, all right, I'm good. So I started shooting, like I said, on the left-hand side of the target as it's facing me before the swinger paired back up with it. I
0: don't – man, I, that target uh, I just think is really interesting because you mm-hmm. you do get – they are alternating right. on swings. Uh, Three or four times, and then they do sync up um, every so often on like the fourth swinger. So they're they're in sync, and you you almost they left the head box open, but I don't know that uh, I'm comfortable enough taking a head box swinger. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it was pretty impressive to watch how you did that because, like we said beforehand, the squad we was on there was some up and coming new shooters, and then there was average shooters. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we could say it like that. And um everybody kind of hesitated on it. And oh sure, that you know what I'm saying because without, like I said.
0: Yeah, if yeah. you're not a highly experienced shooter, that's an intimidating target yeah, for sure. Yeah, most
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah. And but to watch you do it, you literally just once you pull the trigger two shots and you left <laughs> and I was like Man, that was pretty impressive right there <laughs> it's calling your shots yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's one way to look at it that's one way to look at it but um the other stages um the one that was in the rifle bay this With all was the steel yes that, this was like a memory stage yeah yeah
0: it, yeah, it kind of was
1: yeah and but it was color-coded so the way they did it was they had three boxes um, 14 pieces of steel, a swinger, a swinger wheel, like a star.
0: It was uh, yeah, yeah it was a Texas star with yeah. four plates on it.
1: Yep, and then it had um, six steel plates in front of that, with two six-inch to eight-inch poppers um, plates on both left and right side, and on the outside of that, you also had the cardboard targets, one each.
0: Yeah, two paper targets.
1: And it played with everybody in some type of way.
0: (laughs) I really enjoyed just watching everyone just shoot this stage. It was entertaining. Man. I was laughing, and I hope people don't think I was laughing at them. I totally wasn't. I struggled with it as well. It was just entertaining to, to watch people dance back and forth between the colored boxes and engaging the <laughs> colored targets that match the colored box and it was yeah, it you. was just a fun stage to watch people shoot
1: so this is one of those stages that i look at as the dance that i <laughs> talked about before so i had my dance sequence down and i was like yeah yeah this feels good it feels natural i really wasn't going fast but i wasn't going too slow and before you know it I did the same thing you did where it was a different target, forgot one target, and I was like, oh, man, I got to get that. So (laughs) jump back in it, hit the steel, and still forgot to engage the paper target on the right-hand side.
0: Uh, There was a lot going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on with that one because
1: Uh. um, I think the thing that got me was the way I was doing it was paper because the first box was orange. The second box was white the third box was blue and it was literally in front of each other so orange was first you step forward you're in the white box step forward you are in the blue box and the way they had the color coordination it wasn't like you can step in one box and shoot all that color you had to come back and forth because they had the steel mixed up with the poppers how they (laughs) fell. yeah so
0: the the uh, maybe i don't know if we explained it right but some of the the steel was painted Uh, to match the boxes. You had orange steel, you had blue steel, you had white steel. Mm. That color steel had to be engaged from that color box. (laughs) But you had six pieces of steel that were in line so you couldn't see the you couldn't see the back pieces of steel until you cleared the first pieces of steel, but then they were different colors, so you you were dancing <laughs> around between these boxes, trying to pick up, you know, a color here and there, and then going back and forth between the boxes like hopscotch.
1: But, uh. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. So, my plan was literally to shoot left paper first, come down, cause I started off in the orange box, shoot the orange um, plate come in and shoot the big orange popper shoot the one um orange on the star traverse over shoot the other orange that was close to the right side of the paper yeah. and then shoot the paper but because i missed the little still plate and i had already started to the big still popper that messed my plan up because now i'm out of sync So I couldn't flow the way I wanted to flow because I'm thinking I missed one, which erased everything. So I did everything in the color, you know, picked up my plan. But I just left that one piece of steel, which was in the white box, and then the paper. So
0: that was another one of the stages that required conscious thought while you're shooting. Yes. (laughs) And um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if you had. You know, an hour or so, you might could walk through it enough and make it subconscious. But, you know, walking up to it and spending five minutes on the stage, I don't, I couldn't do it anyway. I had it required conscious thought the entire time I was shooting that. It,
1: (laughs) it It was a challenge. Yeah, my thought process of it was, I think if I wasn't in the state that I'm in, you know, with the whole pulling all the electrolytes out of me and being a little dehydrated (laughs) and needed like eight bottles of Gatorade just to shoot the match
0: well that affect that affects your your thoughts your thought process
1: I think I would have had it because in my mind it flowed good but I think if I would have had longer to walk through because I went and looked at it but I felt like I had to evacuate the area on the walkthrough (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: you were distracted yeah that's all it was
1: was major distractions (laughs) going on right there but overall i want to say um congratulations to sandhill they put on a great match and um like i said overall it was fun it was good yeah good time and at the same time um, when you turn around and you look at it like you stated they are picking up the tempo of what's going on with Sandhill in relation to USPSA shooting.
0: They are, and I actually just heard they're going to start um, holding official Steel Challenge matches.
1: Oh, yeah, so we actually saw that um, all the steel that they had in, I was like, okay, are they starting to do Steel Challenge? And one of the guys broke it down to us, so I found that pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, so he said uh, Grizzly Targets, I think. What did he say that they were out, uh, Savannah? Oh, uh, Florida. Florida, yeah. okay. Um, they got, they Ended up getting a deal from uh, from Grizzly Targets and set them up with um, all the official Steel Challenge stages. And uh, here, within the next, you know, couple months, they're going to start holding, um, you know, official Steel Challenge matches. Yeah, so for anybody <laughs> out there that's interested in a Steel Challenge, this might be another option for you. I'm
1: curious to see which weekend they're going to choose to do that. Because I've never done a Steel Challenge match. So they're pretty
0: fun. They're different, yeah. uh, but they're fun. They, Pine Tucky does one the first weekend of the month. Um, Mid-Carolina does one also. I can't remember which weekend that is. Um, but, yeah, the hopefully they'll, they'll choose a weekend where – you know, it's not competing with another Steel Challenge match going on, but the Steel Challenge has grown immensely over the last couple of years. Yes. There are so many new, um, you know, participants and members. Um, anyone that's a USPS USPSA member is also a Steel Challenge member, whether you know it or not. So um, it is part of the membership. Um, so so check them out if you if, if you're interested.
1: My thing is. A few years ago, maybe two years ago, back when I first started shooting the circuit here in the Columbia area, Mm -hmm. I had made the conscious decision that I wanted to do Steel Challenge at least once or twice a month because I feel like it will help my game as far as accuracy, you know, shooting Steel Challenge, you
0: know. So. I, yeah, I have got a couple different ideas about Steel Challenge. My son and I started shooting it, and I think it is a great way to introduce people to competitive shooting um, because there is n- not much movement at all. You're not reloading on the clock. Um, you're not you know, running around with a gun in your hand. I think there are only two stages. That, no, there's actually only... One stage that has movement on the clock, I believe I don't know I have not shot steel in a while, but one or two stages that have movement on the clock um but but you're your five shots per stage, so you're not doing reloads on the clock you don't have to worry about the gun you know the gun handling stuff the reload manipulation um, and you have the option for rim fire, which is unique um outside of uspsa um you know something you don't have in uspsa you can shoot um rimfire 20 you know mostly 22 caliber pistols or rifles and if you choose to do that you don't even have to draw from a holster because those start from the low ready um and it's a great way to introduce people to the competition shooting but i also like it because it it really you know for what we're doing we're, we're Pretty serious about this, and we're, we're, you know, challenging ourselves and then trying to, you know, practice and improve daily. And I think it is great practice for transitions, mm-hmm. shot calling, transitions. That that's the basically all that steel challenge is. Right. You're trying to do this as fast as you can. You're transitioning between five steel plates um, as fast as you can, and you're calling your shots as fast as you can. It is great practice.
1: So like I said, I want to dive into one match just so I can see it and if it backs up the theory that I stated about it helping my game. And I know it's not going to help my shooting game by doing one match. But I just want to shoot one match to see if it catches my interest because I know if I do it more than one on a regular basis, it will eventually start paying out later.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. I got really interested in it for a while because when my son was starting sh- to shoot with me, that's you know that's how we got started together. Right. And um, it, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. We were doing um, state level uh, steel challenge matches. And, what? And uh, each stage you have, uh, you shoot five strings on each stage, hmm. and you get to throw out your lowest one, so you get scored on the best four hmm. of each stage. So there's a couple different, you know, thought processes with it, but typically you would start at a, you know... Moderate pace on your first run, and kind of pick it up a little bit as you go. And then, if you've got four good runs in the bag already, then you can try to burn one down on the on the fifth run. Uh, you know, and, it, and if you don't get it, it doesn't matter because they throw it out. But if you hook up, it can you know it can it can bump up your score on that stage. But um.
1: Now, can you get DQ and because it's a shooting sport? So yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, you can't get DQ and- Sure,
0: sure. You have the same rules. Like you have the the one eighty degree rule, um, just like we do in USPSA. You can't turn around and point your gun at anyone. Um, if you have an AD, um, you know, coming out of a holster or something, same kind of rules. The, the center fire, all center fire pistols anyway, start from the holster. Um, and from the surrender position, wrist above shoulder. And, you know, if you have an AD or something, you know, coming out of a holster, that's, you know, it's just like USPSA, that would be a DQ. But it's it's very rare, you know, just because you don't have a lot of movement and gun manipulation, no, no reloading on the clock.
1: So we take a 10-step process to a USPSA match, break it down to a two-stage uh, process, whereas all you're doing is... Standing still, coming out the holster, hit the still fast as you can. Get ready yep, for the next and that's train. it. You're done. When you, hit, <laughs> yeah. when
0: you hit the stop plate, you're done. You're off the clock. Yeah.
1: Sounds good to me. Sounds so good. So at me.
0: that point, you know, normally, well, you know, depending on division that you're shooting, right. you would reload another mag and holster up, you know, easy as you can, and you'd prepare yourself for the next train. And you'd do it five times in a row.
1: That's it right there. So this weekend... We're going to be at um, CSRA in Augusta, Georgia to shoot the CSRA shooters match. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. And Sounds um, like a good match. Yeah, we I'm, should I'm, check it out. Yeah, I, th- I think we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious to see what the stages are going to be because I don't know what's going on with Travis, but <laughs> Travis has been coming up with some vindictive, evil, uh, twisted stage designs you know well
2: so. yeah
0: i i have a i guess a style of stage design that just i like to shoot and and it for a while there i was the only one doing stage design so i like to have other people participate in right. stage designs you know that travis is a master level shooter um you know he knows he's got a different approach to stage design and i like it and i appreciate it and i'm very thankful for him you know, contributing to it because it's stuff that I wouldn't come up with necessarily, and it adds a little different flavor to the match, and um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, if you so want to <laughs> design some crazy memory stage, we might <laughs> let well, W Tactical have a stage.
1: I haven't got to the the crazy designs of memory yet. <laughs> doing that, but I, I have found a passion with coming up with stage designs. So um, there's about. About two or three of them I want you to look at um, that we possibly can use if you would like to use them. Yeah, yeah and, let's um, look at them. See what's going on because actually when I first started doing stage designs because I was getting ready for this CRO class that um, Lucky has put together that's taking place in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, the Gaston area rather, at mid Carolina Rifle Club the end of October – the last weekend of October, going into November, there's a CRO class hosted by um, Lucky, because he is the South Carolina coordinator, and when we was talking, of course, you know, I told Ms. Linda and Derek Hernandez that I want to take up stage designs, ended up ordering um, the 3D models, and I've been having a blast with it. Those just are coming those pretty cool.
0: I, I like that. It yeah. I just don't. I'm so busy running around everywhere. I need to have it on a computer online so I can access it from different points. But I really like that. I think it's a really cool idea to have the little 3D models that are actually scaled, um, you know, so you can design stages to scale, and then uh, you can really see a lot from it, you know, looking for shoot-throughs or, or, you know, different things you might need to change. I think it's a great idea. It just doesn't work for me. I wish it did. <laughs> I, I'd like to use it.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's easier for me because, as I stated beforehand, I was using that program SketchUp, and I found it a little difficult. Cause, <laughs> that,
0: that is, it know, is definitely difficult. Yeah,
1: one design I wanted to do, I drew it out on paper, and an hour and a half later, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out what <laughs> yeah. to do. And I got to the point I was like, you know what, I'm just yeah. going to draw it out. And then my brother actually um, mentioned it to me about, the 3D models, he looked it up and was like, yeah, I got you. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So the um, using those 3D models, I find it very intense because it gives the perspective of when you're doing the stage designs. When I send it to you, you always, like, you got to be careful of the shoot-throughs. And I never really paid attention to that until you said that. So now when I'm doing the stage design, I'm literally... Looking like I'm walking through the stage, all crouched down behind it, moving from left to right. I was like, oh, oh yeah. shoot through, and I got to move it. <laughs> yeah, I guess you
0: can do that when you actually have 3D models you know, that you can crouch behind. I, it'd be a little weird looking at miniaturized models, but you could definitely see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, outside of that, man, like I said, I'm, I'm having fun doing that um getting ready for these upcoming matches that are coming up um i'm looking forward to doing the georgia state match and the match in ohio so yeah
0: area five yeah so you're shooting are you shooting area six i think i asked you that already. yes i'm doing yeah, area yeah. six also so we've got a couple area matches coming up yep. and the georgia state match so um we're gonna be busy this summer
1: yeah so it's gonna be good and right now we're looking at we got four more episodes of m-w tactical podcast before we go ahead and take our season break and really focus on shooting and then we're going to come back around the october time frame and tell you everything we did you know if you don't follow us on social media so you won't get the visuals unless you follow us so
0: yeah check us out on uh, instagram facebook we're, we'll continue posting you know photos videos of info course. there
1: <laughs> of course of course yeah so right now Do you have any last messages you want to say to the good people before we depart?
0: Well, I am just thankful that we're able to sit down at this restaurant where we are right now (laughs) together. Yes. Like normal people who would like to dine out together. (laughs) It just seems strange. But hopefully, you know, we can continue to do this. Um, And the matches keep going on. And hopefully we'll see you on the range soon. That's come right come there. to CSRA Shooters this weekend. If you're not if you're not already registered, there are still spots open.
1: It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, but as we stated beforehand, CSRA is having their match this weekend. So head on over to Practice Score and look up CSRA and. Sign up, jump on the squad. You see us out there, take a picture, come hold a conversation with us. Yeah, Share your ideas. If you want to get on the podcast, hey, hit either Dave or myself up, and we'll make it happen. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, make it all fun for everybody. So if everybody will, please stay in your seats and check out these words from our sponsors, and we'll be right
3: back. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit oak leather securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolt shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, The Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com.
2: Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store or sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAETransfers Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon.
4: The Gun Cleaners.
2: Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry.
4: The Gun Cleaners.
2: Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off.
1: With ours, it'll stay there.
4: The Gun Cleaners.
1: And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there.
5: Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com.
6: Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Go. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the the colors that we use. And Find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. Check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon.
1: What's up, good people? We're back at it again with another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And this time, I'm not talking to anyone who is in the competition shooting as of yet, but I have one person here who says she is ready to dive into competition shooting. Today, I gave a CWP class to a few people, and I feel like I opened some eyes, but I just want you to hear their perspective of what they got from the class and how they actually look in that society for getting their CWP, all right? So without further introductions, I want to introduce two people who I just got finished instructing, but I want you to hear what they have to say. So without further ado, go ahead and introduce yourself to the public. Good afternoon, my name is uh, Darrell Brown.
5: Hello, I'm Janetta Gray. All right,
1: so now we just got finished with the CWP class. So now that we got finished with it, I wanna hear your perspective of why you wanted a CWP and where do you think it's gonna take you after you got the class, after all the information that you gathered
4: well i I know I really need a CWP just for my line of work what I've done I've been working at, in security and working at bars and stuff like that and also just I think it's something good to have for home defense and you know just to make sure you do your due diligence to be a a, a citizen that that's responsible in society um, you see so many instances where people you know may have firearms and they incorrectly carry and stuff like that. And I think it's, just, it's really important to actually take your time out and learn the rules of what you're supposed to do. So again, um, with me, just for the type of uh, work I do in my business and everything else, and also just you know, to have that responsibility, I, I think it's huge.
5: Um, For me, my line of business doesn't require it, but I feel it's very important as a real estate agent that I'm able to protect myself. Um, In a lot of situations, I'm with people who I've never met before. I'm in homes that are vacant or somebody else's home, so you never know um, when I may be in a dangerous situation, so I have to be able to protect myself. Um, I knew I needed this class as well because... We're allowed to have guns in our homes, but it's very important that you know how to use them correctly or you can not only hurt yourself and others. Um, I have a small child in the house, so it's very important that I know what I'm doing so I can better protect him and instruct him of what not to do and what to do if he is approached with a gun. So the class is really important to me, not only because I want to necessarily carry a gun, but to carry it responsibly, keep myself safe, and then those around me.
1: Okay, so now, listen to what y'all said. After all the information that you receive from the class, do you feel like your objective was met far as the information you gathered to carry safely and responsibly?
4: Uh um, most definitely. I I feel that, you know, you know, when you kinda see, you know, like movies or something like that, mm-hmm. how people try to portray carrying guns and and they're so wrong. Mm-hmm. So like the class was very informative, just in terms of like you know do's don'ts how to be responsible like how when you're met with like if you have to talk to law enforcement about you know hey, i have a cwp and what are you supposed to do in the proper steps i think it's really informative and and honestly in my opinion i think it's something that every adult really and truly should have mm-hmm. i mean i don't see why you wouldn't try and get this it's just a great measure to have just in case something happens or if you, whatever you're doing, you need to protect someone or protect your property. That way you can be responsible for you and others that you care about around you. Okay
5: like you said with tv and just being around you learn a lot of bad habits um you learn information from people who aren't necessarily informed and, and so in this class you actually learn what you can and what you can't do in a lot of situations word, you're impulsive so it makes you kind of think and and fall back when you're training when you're approached with those situations to make sure that you are operating within the law um, just because you have a concealed carry doesn't mean it's the wild wild west you still have laws that you have to follow and things you have to do to make sure that you are safe and that you're following the law that comes along with that license. So um, the class was really informed. I've learned a lot um, about it. Um, he also gave some tips that I didn't know about for those who <laughs> may have thought that their license or their ability to get a license was gone forever. So that was really cool too.
4: And another thing I want to add on to what she was saying too, just with like the law part, I think it was really important to, to stress that I know you may go to other places, other classes, stuff like that. Who just may go through the basics but like you really did a great job of like breaking down like why this law is in place <laughs> wow. and and like why it's set the way it is mm-hmm. and i think that's important for people to understand like hey we, we've seen a situation like this before happen, so this is why we put this in place mm-hmm. so i definitely think that's something critical to understand and, and definitely very informative the
5: information stays with you longer when you understand the why versus somebody just telling you something all the time if they give you that context as to why i give you examples and allow you to be a part of that scenario or really helps it stick with you.
1: Yeah, so when I was younger, that was something my grandmother and grandfather was big on, you know? The understanding of why we say what we're doing, but you need to understand why we're doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's something I carried over through life and I actually been in the military, being a drill sergeant and just being a leader in general. I realized at a younger age that you get more impact from doing the why right expressing the why definitely you know what I'm saying so now since we went through the class and I said some things but I told you the why what was your favorite portion of the class
4: who well um I think I liked everything about the class and there was a portion that you know that wasn't not a favorite to me honestly but um if i had to um emphasize one moment uh, i definitely would think uh just like understanding more like the locations of like where you can carry and on top of that like just like different ways you can carry it within your car and learning like situational things that can happen because i, I felt like those are very important because those are your like your everyday situations right and you know, one moment you're on the couch watching TV, watching a football game or whatever, and next thing you know someone's breaking in your house. And what do you do? How are you supposed to react? And I think just going through some of those situations, like situational aspects you gave us, I think that just like, gave me a different perspective. Like, hey, like, something could happen any point in time and you need to make sure that you have the correct mindset and the correct resources put in place to be ready just in case.
1: Right. That's very important points that you made right there. What about you?
5: Uh, Two points stick out to me. Uh, One of them is how to interact with law enforcement when you come into that situation when you do have to use your firearm. Um, You know, a lot of people feel like they have their license. They can just, you know, I have it. You may be impulsive and just say and do whatever and not think about the situation. So it was good to kind of go through those examples and say, you know, you follow the instruction. You just can't you can't let that adrenaline take over. You have to calm down, understand the situation, give them what they need, and let them do their job. Um, and then the other part I really liked was the inner workings of a gun, how a gun works. Um, it was a video where it kind of broke down what happens each step when you press the trigger, what is happening within the chamber, all that. I thought that was really interesting because I've seen people where they thought their gun jammed and they're just doing all kind of reckless stuff and they really could have probably blew their face off because they didn't know what they was doing. So it was really cool just to see that too, how it actually works. Um, Because, like, any other thing, like your car anything else, is really important to know what triggers the next thing, what triggers the next thing in order to work properly. So that was really cool, too.
4: And also, to add on to your first point there, too, about the law enforcement, I definitely think that was, like, a huge point as well. Another favorite part I had because I know one part of the, uh, the exercise when we were training and everything else, you basically said, hey, when you go into a situation and you have a suspect in your house and you have a gun, like, covering him, and the law enforcer walks in. They tell you, drop the gun. Literally, drop the gun. That's I,
5: the right I, way to do it. <laughs>
4: I, I, I think people get that like misconstrued and... You know, it's, it's so easy to, oh, I'm just going to lay my gun down and do it like this. No, officers telling you, drop the gun, just drop the gun. Right.
5: And I think for me too, I have a habit of wanting to explain what I'm doing or why I'm doing what I'm doing. And sometimes you just need to shut up and do what you need to do <laughs> and wait on your turn to explain yourself. So when they say drop it, just drop it. Don't say what your position is, what you were doing. You'll conceal none of that. Just do what they ask you to do and then you'll get your opportunity to explain the situation.
1: Very true. Very true. So, um... Instruction is something that I really do enjoy because informing people is something like the fruit from that tree. It just multiplies, you know what I'm saying? So even though you sat in this class, you can inform somebody and they're like, Hey man, look, that's against the law. right. Regardless if it's how you carry, where you carry or what you see in place of something, you know? So um, I felt like a lot of people's eyes got opened up because I honestly feel that we had, Real honest conversations in the class, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, you could take a class and do the the whole what if, what if, what if, but I was asking you all questions like, Do you know why this law was in place and how it was enacted? Mm -hmm. Right? And then, of course, when we started talking to history, everybody not everybody, but some people was like, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But once again, this is a reflection of the school system and education that is taught, right? Because history in America is very important to the way we live, right? So we need to update these history books Mm -hmm. to express what took place, why it took place. Now, how do we learn from those mistakes and how do we move forward?
4: Uh, Most definitely, I, I totally agree. I think part of, you know, just, again, like what I was saying earlier, it's like you can go in, like, other, like, classes and just, like, learn, like, the basics where they try and teach you X, Y, Z, stuff like that, but they don't cover that why. And I think that why is just so important because it's going to break down, like, hey, this is the reason why we put this in place is because that happened in history or whatever the situation was. And from there, you're just going to learn, like, hey, I learned that, and this is why it happened, so now I can act accordingly. and. I think it's it's like the old, what's the movie Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, well great power comes great responsibility yep.
2: mm-hmm. and
4: I, I think like the CWP and the information the knowledge mm-hmm. is power it gives you great power but it's also a great responsibility to do the right thing and make sure you use it correctly.
5: And like you said, when you take the class, you know, you're able to reach other people. But if you don't understand the why, it's hard for you to relay that information to other people. Because I know people, and sometimes I'm that way myself. If you tell me something you can't explain to me why, then I'm not going to be as receptive to it. So especially with kids and some adults, too, the question you always get is why. Why? They why you to death. So when you do have some information as to why and you have some examples go along with it, it goes a long way.
1: Right. I got a friend of mine, he wants to become an instructor. I think my life is exciting to him, so he tries to do everything that <laughs> I'm doing in life. You know, So he wants to become an instructor, he wants to do competition shooting, so forth and so on. But I was expressing to him a couple years ago when we first had this conversation about doing this stuff, you have to dedicate the time. You just can't do it because you think it's cool. Right, You have to dedicate the time to stay current with everything, but you also have to understand what you say to one person might not
5: mm.
1: get the reaction from a second person. So you might got to break it down more or you might got to be hands on with them to understand that. And I don't think he really understood that. You know what I'm saying? And for instance, what he would do is he would contact me, ask me how to do something far as like, okay, I'm trying to do this. What do I do? And then he'll go back and try to give the instructions to somebody else. But it's like, I tried telling him beforehand. Um, when it comes to shooting a firearm, it is not a cookie cutter program because I can tell you and show you something, but it might not work for her. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? But now I just got to tweak it a little bit, you know? So, um, I just wish everybody would get into the history books. I'm a history buff. I'm I'm big on history, you know? But I also believe if a mistake was made back then, there's a lesson learned and we should not make that mistake again, you know what I'm saying? Totally agree. Yeah, so um, right now, it's like I said, with him, I think he's now taking the right approaches to become an instructor, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? but he decides to pay somebody else for that instruction, <laughs> but I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? As long as he's getting the what he needs to put him on that right path, I'm I'm all in support of him on that one.
4: Well, I, I think that's, you know, definitely good because, again, with 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 this type of work right here, not only you have to be passionate for it, but you also have to have a passion to want other, to help others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know one of my side jobs, oh, I'm, a, I'm a part-time football coach, and... I mean, I wasn't really an amazing football player, nothing like that, but I, I really had passion for the game, but more importantly, I also had passion to teach other people how to do it the right way. Right. And I think, like, just when you have, like, that type of, like, setup, like, built with, built within you, you can kind of show people how to do it, and you have a passion for it, and you can show them, like, hey, this is, like, the proper way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that just comes into play, and that sounded like what he, he needed to learn a little bit, but...
1: Yeah. And it's one of those type of things I feel like you have to learn on your own. Like, Definitely. if I ho- keep holding his hand, I'm going to hurt him more than help him.
5: And it's big so. too. A lot of people, a lot of people have the information, but just because you have the information doesn't mean that you're the type of person who can instruct somebody else. Correct. That's huge because some people don't know how to. Um, Adapt to their audience some people know the way they learned it the way they think it should be taught And that's just what it is and you're going to not reach as many people if you have that approach You have to be able to cater to your audience, but still keep the facts and keep the information But it means nothing if the your party isn't able to receive it So again, there's a lot of people out there who are instructors and teachers and all of this, but they don't have that passion They don't have the capability to be able to instruct somebody else, you know
1: So true so true all right. So now what else did you gather from the class that you found enjoyable for you?
5: I like shooting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs>
5: well, actually
4: I will piggyback off what she was saying though. I, I like the fact that like you broke down the actual form of shooting. Right. Because, you know, a lot of times you kind of go into places and you know, they're, they're going to tell you ba- like the basics, like again, like, you know, your, your four points, like, hey like, Make sure you breathe good. It, it squeezing the trigger, um, your sight. Make sure you got a good posture, and they'll break that stuff down for you. But they don't go into the actual whys. When you went to the whys, like, hey, bend your knees at this angle right here, and, and you actually have a real bend at your waist, so that way you're not too tense, and it's gonna like help, like, like, you know, observe some of the recoil. I think, I don't one of my issues I had when I was just like in a range by myself was. The recoil was so bad. I'm trying my hardest to hold the gun, like, <laughs> to hold it real good and make sure that it doesn't go too far, like, bounce all over the place. And, like, getting instruction from you, it was like, oh, this is way easier. Right. So it kind of just showed me, like, hey, I can, like, just smoothly do this. And now I'm hitting the targets with ease, and I'm hitting them more effectively and with more precision. Mm-hmm. So.
5: And we had a group of people, but... It seems like everybody got individual instruction as well. So as we were out there shooting, maybe in two or three people shooting, but you paid attention to everybody's form and instructing them individually on what they needed to do to be more proficient. So that's really important because I've taken a class before, and we went to the range, and the instructor pretty much let you shoot off 50 rounds, and you really didn't learn what you was doing right, whether you did it correct if your form was correct so I thought that was really cool being in a group setting you still kind of got that one-on-one approach because you paid attention to what everybody needed so you got everything you needed out of the class it wasn't just like hey pay your money I'll fill out the paperwork you actually got some individual attention too.
1: Right and um now I can honestly say when I was a drill sergeant I won in my company I won the marksmanship award of 21 cycles I probably lost it like three or four times every other time I won marksmanship you know what I'm saying awesome. now it wasn't only because of me it was also because of my battle buddy right and um but he was a mechanic but he was passionate about marksmanship you know because that is your survivability in the military if you you know actually have to do your job across seas. you, you know makes <laughs> <Right. Yeah>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um but overall like I said um I just feel like I have a connection with teaching to get the point across, right? Because at first, the one guy in the class, you could tell he was kind of bored, but then once we started talking to history, then everybody kind of perked up and was like, oh man, I I didn't know this, I didn't know this. You captured my attention, you know? So, um, but outside of that, if we mix history in with a CWP, because the laws that are written is really based off of history. So if you can figure out a way to intertwine the two, that story is gonna be more complete versus as, well, you know when you get pulled over, if this happens, you know what's gonna happen next, Mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? But if you understand why something was written, right, you can actually formulate a better outcome of, okay, this is how I need to carry myself because I don't want to go back to what the start was. You know what I'm saying?
4: Definitely agree, And, and again, as I was saying earlier, I just feel like it's going to help you gain more responsibility Mm -hmm. of just, like, your surroundings, your awareness, and just, like, the proper way to do things. So, like, just with all the instruction, it was just like, hey, we already seen this happen in history. Don't be that guy to repeat that.
1: Right. Right. So, once again, I want to go ahead and thank my two guests. All right. Oh, and actually, before I say anything else. Janetta right here is saying that she has the desire to get in the competition. I
5: do, I do, I do.
1: All right, so (laughs) what I'm going to do is when we get offline, I'm going to go ahead and point her in the right direction and have her start looking at gear and explaining the different type of um, divisions within USPSA that she can do. All right, but we're going to have a conversation I'll about competition. I'll
4: definitely look into it as well. Uh-oh, oh, oh,
1: here yeah. we go. We got I'll, another, I'll, one. I'll, I'll <laughs> well. another one. <laughs> we got another one. <laughs> so before you know it, I'm going to have a posse with me at the range yeah. talking about let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Lucky? In my posse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so once again, I want to thank my two guests for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast, and um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get them back on again and – see where they are within the next few months. Alright, so once again, thank you guys for coming on, but for everybody else, please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www m wtacticalcom forward store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for m-w-tactical.
2: Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked-up prices that come with a brick-and-mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman, called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina, or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFFL during checkout, and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using @cae_transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon.
3: JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer boltron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light individual carry holster by jm4 tactical order your relic today at jm4tactical.com
6: hey this is brian conley at hunter's hd gold if you've never tried hunter's hd gold then i challenge you to find me at a match next year go to the website under scheduled events find out where i'm going to be come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself
4: The gun cleaners.
2: Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that. Just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry.
4: The gun cleaners.
2: Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, you're gonna sweat a
1: lot of the other lubes off. With ours it'll stay there.
4: The gun cleaners.
1: And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality, the end result is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there.
5: Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com.
1: Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.